crash landed. Two confirmed survivors. Son, the threats we will be facing are real. If we are going to survive this, you need to remember that fear is not real. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. Together, we will survive. Greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, podcast 439 for June the 2nd, 2013. And this is going to be a real, uh, uh, kind of an abbreviated show. And what you just heard there is the uh, one of the TV spots to a new movie that just came out on Friday, After Earth, with Will Smith and his son, Jaden? I think that's his name. And it's directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And that uh, that movie looks pretty good. I, I'd like to see it. I, I know Vartok on the forum has seen it. I, I'm probably sure some other people who listen to the podcast have seen it by now. I'd like to see it. Uh, too many movies, too busy of a life these days. But um, what I was saying earlier about an abbreviated podcast, this podcast was supposed to be sort of a classic style. Going to look at the Enterprise episode, Bounty. Then uh, talk a little bit more about Star Trek Into Darkness and, and latest happenings in the geek world. We're going to do some of that, but it's all going to be a little shortened because I've got to go to town tomorrow for work for the week. And I've spent the last two days just doing all kinds of crazy stuff around the house. I'll probably talk more about that at the start of the show. But it's uh, rather than my usual Sunday morning recording time, it is about 6 p.m. <laughs> on Sunday night. i got to fly out in the morning to uh, Pennsylvania. So we're going to do kind of an abbreviated show, but I think it'll be fun, and I wanted to get something out. I, I, I very much believe in, you know, trying to be consistent, and the show must go on and all that good stuff. And I, I need the relaxation, frankly, right now. It's been a busy couple of days. So uh, sit back. Let's do a Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm back. So uh, this is Rico, your host, Treks and Sci-Fi. Email us, treksf at gmail.com. Put up iTunes reviews. Send in donations. Join the Facebook group. Join the forum over at treksandsci-fi.com. You guys, come on. Join us. Come on. <laughs> uh, what is that? Somebody on the TV show always says that. Come on. Is that an old Seinfeld thing? I don't know. Oh, I just watched. This is a total non sequitur. But I, told, I, I finally watched some of Daniel Tosh's comedy last night with my older son who was uh, was staying over for the night and, and uh, he was here for, we were working on some a project of his 
Anyway, uh, man, Daniel Tosh, that guy is hilarious. I don't know why it's been so long since I've or never really caught much of his act or anything, but i got to watch a lot more of that because I was laughing for pretty much an hour straight. Fantastic. Totally non-sci-fi. Although he threw a few geeky references in, like, you know, how does Superman fly faster? Does he just kind of grimace more? You know, how, how does he do that? How does he fly faster? <laughs> Anyway, so this is going to be kind of a little more relaxed, little disjointed show. Like I said, it's been a crazy couple of days. I uh, The new job is going well. It's keeping me pretty busy. Uh, and uh, so uh, we've got to go out of town this next week, I mentioned. And it, that that's part of the thing. Uh, we also finally got a new washer and dryer, which turned into a big headache when not only would Best Buy not install it, even though we had bought uh, the replacement parts for the hookups for them to install it, but that got all confusing. So I had to work on that and install it myself. And notice that our dryer vent all needed to be replaced because that was clogged up. So I spent most of the day doing that, cutting the grass. Oh my gosh, it's just been a. I'm looking forward to actually, you know, going out of town on an airplane tomorrow morning for work to be able to relax for a little bit. <laughs> Because the last two days, physically especially, have just been, you know, a ringer a bit. But, hey, I, I like it, though, because I feel accomplished. I feel like I've gotten something done. So let's get on to some geeky topics. Let's talk a little bit about Star Trek Into Darkness. I, I haven't seen, I'm going to try to pull up my one of my favorite sites, uh, comingsoon.net, and uh, see what they've got for the latest uh, on the box office and things. Uh, let's see, box office results. Looks like um, the Now You See Me movie uh, surpassed uh, After Earth. Fast and the Furious was was number one. Uh, what else do we got going on here? And um, it looks like uh, Star Trek Into Darkness is still kind of in there. I'm trying to pull this up. Sorry, the internet for some reason is acting kind of goofy and kind of slow for me on this site. But uh, I, I have seen Star Trek Into Darkness now. Uh, three times and enjoyed it every time i the first time i saw it on that fan night i also went to see it with lynn that opening weekend and then i saw it uh with my younger son last weekend three different times three different theaters and enjoyed it every time so it's 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 really a fun movie i think uh it's it's still great to see on the big screen if you've not seen it if you're a big fan, I, I don't usually recommend this kind of stuff, but uh, I if um, if you want to see this movie, see it in 3D too. But uh, the uh, you know it, it I think uh, I think this movie is is fun. I think the uh, I think the effects are worth seeing in 3D uh, for a change. Uh, but um, the Let's see, what did I want to say here? Oh, okay, now I finally got it. It came up for me. I was talking about the box office uh, grosses and totals. Uh, it looks like uh, Star Trek Into Darkness uh, worldwide total is about 180 million right at this point, uh, We've, uh, which is pretty good. A lot of that's international. I think it's probably about... I think it's about 50-50 for, for how much it's made, you know, domestic versus international on that. So we're doing pretty good. But, you know, go see it again if you've only seen it once. I, I Again, if you saw it in 2D, see it in 3D. If you saw it in 3D, see it in 2D. Uh, it's uh, I think it's, it's a movie that's worth seeing a couple of times. I, I definitely caught more the, the second time and, and a little bit more even the third time when I saw the movie. But definitely the second time uh, non in the non-IMAX, I, I just thought it was a lot of fun and... Uh, so, um, oh, before I get too much into this today's show, I wanted to thank the guys last week for doing their their cool uh, show on 
the Star Trek uh, ships. They they covered some more ships, non-Enterprise ships. You had Rick Moyer, Jedi Jeff, and, and Brian joined him this time to talk all about other ships in Starfleet. So uh, fantastic job, guys. Really cool, fun show. And uh, I always, always love having you guys talk about that kind of stuff. You know, we... Us Trek fans love, you know, the tech, love the ships, love all the the gadgets and, and props, too. So um, thanks very much, guys. And I'm sure they're going to be back at some point to talk about some of the other alien ships uh, of Star Trek. Uh, also, um, the, uh, yeah, so Star Trek Into Darkness. I was at the Toys R Us uh, about a week ago, and it didn't, and I noticed there wasn't any merchandise for, for Star Trek Into Darkness, hardly. There was actually the they have these uh, mini little figures that are sort of kitty sets with Legos, I think. Uh, but uh, there's not not hardly. But there was merchandise from the 2009 movie still at the Toys R Us, if you can believe that. I mean, I mean, really, four years still, and there was some action figures and stuff from that movie. So maybe that's why they're not really doing a big uh, a big merchandising push for this this movie this time. They. Um, they didn't have really a lot of movie merchandise, a little bit of Iron Man stuff, I guess, uh, but I didn't see a lot of things. Toys R Us sometimes kind of bugs me. I, I don't know. I just, I, I think they, they charge a little too much. I, I think their inventory and their merchandise, what they carry, what they don't, is a little lacking. I, I wish, in a way, we had a different store. I wish a lot of stores that have been around for a while, we had a new, new more, I don't know, an updated version, something that, that, was a little bit more in tune with what's going on in the world and what people want to see. Best Buy kind of disappointed me. They're kind of slowly, you know, moving themselves off my list of places I want to buy things at and Toys R Us as well. So it's, it's turning into, I'm just going to shop online. I, I'm getting to the point where, you know, forget it. I'll just shop online and, and deal with things there. So, um, but uh, yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness, still a great movie. Lots of fun. Go see it again. This could just be the beginning. Beginning of what? All-out war. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, four, three, two, one. That person counting down, what is that? I think you're hitting things, mate. All right, so what else is going on in the world of the geeks, uh, geekdom and TV and movies? Uh, TV is, is there's a few things on right now that we're, we're getting, and, and um, also Falling Skies is coming back. I think it's the end of this coming week, like the June 6th or 7th or so. That's coming back, where, uh, what is it, season three? That, Falling Skies has really grown on me. It started off kind of slow. Season uh, The second season, last season, that we had was pretty pretty good, uh, much more ramped up, I thought. And, and this next season, they left it in kind of a cliffhanger, and this season looks really good. So we've got that uh, for the summer to watch. We still have Warehouse 13, even though I, I learned that uh, that has been canceled. We're going to get, I think, the rest of this season and then a very abbreviated final season, uh, and then that's it. So that's kind of disappointing for me at least. I, I, I've uh, loved Warehouse 13 great series uh, although i mean i guess it's that's about four and a half seasons we'll call it although the seasons i think on the sci-fi channel a little shorter than normal seasons but at least normal u.s based uh movie or tv series uh, on on the air and prime time with the big network so 
but we have Defiant still on, which is, is also growing on me. I, I'm enjoying that show. Uh, and we've got that. And uh, I think that's about it right now. Oh, there's a new Avengers cartoon show that's on Disney, uh, Disney XD channel. There was a preview for it about a week ago, I think. And then I think the regular run for this Avengers series uh, starts in July. Uh, I, I love the Avengers that they did, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes animated series. I'm, I'm working my th- way through that on uh, Netflix. I'm into probably the later part of season two. There's only two seasons of it, but that's that's a really good series. If you want some more Avengers action, uh, that's pretty serious in tone. Uh, check out uh, on Netflix, uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. But there's new Avengers on Disney XD. You know, I, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. I, the, I saw the first two episodes. It, it's maybe got a little bit more funny and a little bit more kid type stuff. I wouldn't call it maybe kids, probably not the best way to put it, but uh, a little bit more of that than the other Avengers series. But I, I think it's worth watching. And also, you know, it was announced maybe a week or two ago that Disney, uh, now that, you know, they're in charge of Star Wars, basically, they are doing a new animated series. I think won't be out until 2014 because uh, it's called Rebels. Star Wars Rebels, I think is, I don't think it's called Rebel Alliance. Yeah, just Star Wars Rebels. So we've got, uh, you know, another uh, sort of to take the gap or replace Clone Wars, which, you know, last that had a pretty good run. Uh, and uh, we'll get this new series. Hopefully it will be pretty serious. They won't kidify it too much. I mean, I know it's very easy for most people to to think and worry that Disney is going to turn uh, Star Wars into this kiddie property. But I, I with J.J. Abrams behind the, the next movie, with his love of Star Wars, I, I think he's going to respect the material, and I think we're going to get a really a fantastic movie on the caliber. I'm going to go out there on a limb and kind of say on a caliber of, you know, the kind of stuff we saw in the original trilogy. I, I you know, most people don't consider the prequels as, as enjoyable or as good as the as the originals. I I don't know if that's just nostalgia talking. I I, I would love to see basically someone brand new like somebody who is 15 years old never saw star wars before if you slapped him down in front of a tv or whatever and let him watch all six star wars movies maybe just in order one through six i would love to know whether they which movies of those they enjoyed the boat the the best you know because technologically and the look and, and 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 just the kind of fast paced and action there's a complete different tone of that in the prequels as there is versus the original trilogy. So, you know, maybe that that hyperkinetic stuff that you see in, in some of the stuff in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, maybe that would appeal to some of the younger people. I, I don't know. I have to ask my kids sometime about that, my two sons. I mean, they were li- they're a little bit older than that age group, but... You know, whether, you know, they, I, I mean, we saw the prequels for them, seeing those in the movie theater, although, you know, we went to see the re-releases of the tr- original trilogy in the theaters, too. So uh, it's an interesting question, you know, whether most of the older people who know Star Wars from the original trilogy first, you know, we're going to, I think, always favor those. But, um, but anyway, uh, so we've got that uh, coming. And, oh, the big, big announcement that uh, seems to be circulating around the Internet this weekend uh, is the the big announcement. I, th- I guess it's official. I think it's pretty much official, uh, is that Matt Smith is, is leaving Doctor Who, you know, one of my favorite uh, geeky shows in the, since it started back up again in 2005, I think, was it? Yeah, and, you know, Matt Smith has done now 
three series or seasons? Is that what it is, guys? Or th I think it's three. Uh, but uh, but anyway, I, and I apologize to the UK guys if I get any of these facts wrong. I'm just going off the top of my head, which is going to be today's podcast for the most part. Uh, but yeah, I've been I've enjoyed him a lot. You know, David Tennant I loved as as the Doctor, and I, I've but I've really come to love uh, Matt Smith. And I was thinking about this today as I was working and doing stuff around the house. I'm wondering if with the, you know, when we lost the, you know, Rory and Amy, the Ponds, basically, uh, uh, Arthur Darville, is that his name? And Karen Gillan, uh, the actor and the actress uh, that left. And we, we've just had this new part of this season with this new uh, companion, Clara. But I'm wondering if Matt Smith is kind of misses his his fellow actors there that he spent a few years with and if the show just isn't as fun for him to do right now i mean i'm sure a lot more of this is going to come out in the next you know whatever amount of time we're going to learn more of, of of some of these things i mean i think it's been rumored and hinted for a while that you know that he that he would be moving on to something else i think he probably it's probably a smart decision for him i was kind of hoping we'd get maybe another one more season or series with him with clara I think they've got a lot of chemistry, and I would have liked to have seen that a little bit go on a little bit further. But, you know, he, as a young actor, maybe he's afraid that if he does this for too long, he'll become kind of pigeonholed, and maybe he wants to do other things. I'm sure there's multiple reasons. It's, it's, it's I'm sure, a very hard decision because I think he was a big Who fan or is a big Doctor Who fan for him to leave the series. I, I'm sure is not an easy, easy choice for him. But I'm certainly going to miss him. I'm, you know, we're going to get a lot of speculation uh, about who the new Doctor will be for a while and who knows how long it'll be before they'll announce who that would be i guess we're going to get this anniversary 50th anniversary special with uh, matt smith and then the christmas special which should probably include the uh, him maybe regenerating into whoever this new actor is maybe at the end of the episode perhaps uh, but uh yeah i'm gonna miss him i i i've i'm really curious you know i i I know meds, and I've heard, I think, other people say that they're very much against having a woman doctor, but I think that would be kind of cool. I would like to see a real strong female actress take on that. I think it would be really interesting, at least to me. And I know some of the, you know, like I said, the guys uh, in the UK don't like that idea. Uh, but then the other thing they toss around is if we get another guy as the doctor, which is probably the, you know, safe bet and probably likely will happen. The other thing that was being uh, tossed around is that a companion, you know, make a companion for him, uh, a guy, you know, a guy friend companion rather than another girl going around who always, you know, when it's a girl and a, and a guy, you know, the, the guy doctor and the girl companion, it's always becomes this slightly tiny, you know, romantic uh, part of the relationship. And, you know, although I guess that could be if there's another guy on there, too. So who knows? Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens uh, with this. I I'm going to really uh, be interested to see what happens. You know who would be cool? This would never happen, but wouldn't Benedict Cumberbatch be cool as the doctor? He just would be fantastic. I, I mean, seeing him play, oh, I'm not going to spoil it again, but, but you know, seeing his performance, let's say, in Star Trek Into Darkness, I, I just think he has such gravitas and such presence on, on screen. I just think he would be amazing as the doctor. It won't happen, but I, I think that would be really really cool to see i would love to see him do a guest spot or something come on doctor who i, I don't know uh we'll see if that ever happens but um but anyway uh that uh that's about it i guess for geek news i'll look real quickly i'm going to take a short break we're going to come back with a very brief look at this uh 
episode of Enterprise called Bounty. And I am sorry, I was going to do just a full episode review of it. I was going to play this this episode. But, you know, it's all streaming everywhere. You guys can watch it for yourself. I'll, I'll come back with, uh, I'll, I'll try to dig up some clips on YouTube real quick here. Maybe during this break here. I think what I'll do is let me play. Uh, I can probably find the trailer at least to Bounty. And then I'll come back and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this episode of Enterprise. Tonight, Enterprise's two-hour event continues. T'Pol's Vulcan mating cycle kicks in, and she's out of control. There's no reason to be restrained by human morality. Now she must mate within 24 hours, or die. Don't be frightened. I won't hurt you. All right, I'm going to try to uh, talk about this episode with a little uh, bed music going on here at the same time. So we'll do this kind of differently. There you heard a very brief uh, trailer for this episode, uh, Bounty. This is uh, was directed by Roxanne Dawson. This episode is from Season 2, near the end of Season 2. It first aired on May 14th, 2003. So roughly 10 years ago, a little bit more than 10 years ago now. Uh, basically, the the premise of this, even though the trailer makes it sound like it's all about T'Pol and going through Ponfar and all that, uh, uh, the real uh, the main story of this really is Archer Captain Archer is captured by a Tellerate bounty hunter who plans to hand him over to the Klingons. And uh, the thing with uh, that's going on with T'Pol, there's actually a microbe that uh, induces the Ponfar, and uh, she uh, she goes through some troubles in this. And what I thought I would do, again, I, I apologize that I'm not going through this the normal way, uh, but uh, hopefully you guys can bear with me and understand with uh, my busy schedule, <laughs> at least you're getting something. It was going to be either this abbreviated type of podcast or it was going to be nothing, so uh, be happy with what you get, right? Okay, so I'm going to give you the, uh, a sin- summary here for Memory Alpha about the episode Bounty. This was... Uh, the story is by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Uh, it was a teleplay by Hans Tobitsen, Mike Sussman, and Phyllis Strong. Again, directed by Roxanne Dawson, of course, Balana from Voyager. Uh, the episode summary is for uh, the bounty. The Enterprise is exploring an uninhabited planet when a, shut- a-, a shuttle suddenly arrives. Captain Archer and Charles Tucker return to the ship to greet a friendly Tellarite who eventually offers them to be their guide for a shore leave as he pretends to know the planet well. Unfortunately, as soon as Archer uh, is in physical proximity, the the Tellarite abducts him, and he disables the Enterprise warp cell, starboard warp cell, before going to warp. Lieutenant Reed then orders everyone on the planet to return, Subcommander T'Pol and Dr. Phlox bring back an unusual microbe, and have to go through decontamination procedure, leaving uh, Tucker in command. So we've got T'Pol and Phlox stuck in the decon chamber. Tucker's in command. Archer's been whisked away by this Tellerite who wants to uh, take him and hand him over to the Klingons for a reward. He's a bounty hunter, basically. Uh, from discussion between Archer and Siklar, the, the we learn that this uh, Tellerite is a bounty hunter and that he is planning to return the captain to the Klingons since they offered a big reward after Archer's escape from Ruripente, if you remember that episode. Even if Sklar had not been hunting criminals all his life, he was a, or before this, he was a freighter captain and the Klingons seized his ship. The Tezra, he seems to be pretty experienced uh, and sends the Enterprise on a false direction with a beacon emitting a false warp signature. 
So he's, he's pretty good at what he's doing here. A short while after, another bounty hunter, Kago Dar, shows up to steal Archer from Sklar. The Tellerite prefers to let Archer take the helm instead of having him taken away, and they are able to knock off Kago's uh, engines before they are also forced to land in order to make external repairs. Archer's attempt at sabotaging the ship is unsuccessful. In the Enterprise's decon chamber, the microbe is giving T'Pol a hard time. She is difficulty controlling her emotions and eventually enters an artificially induced pun far. Phlox is able to stay very professional in spite of the science officer's attempts at seduction. Unfortunately, T'Pol soon becomes aggressive and escapes from the chamber. She doesn't go far as the deck is soon sealed and the Vulcan is stunned. After a stop at his brother's workshop, Sklar learns that the Klingons already cannibalized his dear Tezra ship, and he becomes more compassionate towards Archer. He locks Archer with false handcuffs and wise moves since the Klingon captain Goroth decides to give him only 6,000 of the 9,000 promised Dar sex. I guess that's some kind of currency they're using. On the Klingon ship, Archer eventually escapes from his holding cell and is able to make it to an escape pod. The Enterprise has no difficulty finding him after Sklar gave them the Klingon ship's position. They get their back their captain after disabling Goroth's ship's weapons. In the end, Phlox's treatment seems to have worked fine on T'Pol and Sklar wishes the best of luck to Archer, for the Klingon bounty will probably double after this new escape. So, that, you know, that's the episode in a nutshell. Uh, this episode, Bounty, I... I really like this episode quite a bit. I, I think there's some good performances. I like that they brought in a Tellarite as a bounty hunter. I think it works real well. I, I like that you get to see T'Pol going through Pond Far. Hey, it's pretty hot. What do you want? You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, for the, for the, I mean, who is she stuck in the decon chamber with? The Dr. Phlox. I mean, probably the last one really that would probably even be interested or take advantage of it. For one, he's a doctor. And, you know, I mean, if it would have been Tucker, if it would have been Malcolm Reed, even a Mayweather or someone else, hey, what if it was Hoshi? You know, what about that idea? But uh, but anyway, uh, so, you know, this, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that uh, they got the chance here to explore a full Vulcans going through sort of Pond Far, even if it was in, in, you know, started by this microbe that she got, you know, in her system. Because she's much more, I think, aggressive and a little crazed, really, than Spock even in a muck time was. There, there's something more primal and more animal-like, I think, in the way she deals with it and what happens. Now, whether that's just the way things would be for a full Vulcan, or is it because of the microbe situation, I don't know. But, um, but anyway, I think that they, you know, it's an interesting uh, piece to this whole episode that I, I liked quite a bit and it's fun to see you know to, you know flocks trying to keep him keep her away and stuff like that uh, I'm trying to go through let me go through some of the other stuff about this episode uh, you know memory alpha is a great site to look at um, for background on Star Trek episodes there's a lot of background information and I'm gonna go through that right now uh, the selection of, uh, this is uh, from Memory Alpha again, the background on this episode. The selection of this episode's antagonist came early in the writing of this installment. Of this installment. And Brandon Braga recalled that when we sat down to develop the episode, we thought, why not make it a Tellarite bounty hunter? Why do Klingons again? So that, that was kind of a good idea. Robert O'Reilly is better known for his role of Gauron uh, in Star Trek Next Generation, Gauron and Deep Space Nine. He's in this episode as well. Uh, I think he, yeah, he's playing a Klingon in this episode. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. 
This is the first uh, appearance of the revised Tellarite makeup by Michael Westmore, and first appearance of Tellarite since Star Trek IV A Voyage Home, which was actually in some discounted stock footage. The interior of Scalar shuttle was a redress of the Class II shuttle from the set of Star Trek Voyager. The space station visited by the bounty hunter Sklar and Archer was a reuse of the Cardassian repair facility. It's a CGI model from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. They appeared uh, on the Mornak shipyards in Shadows and Symbols, uh, on another episode tacking into the wind, and was once seen in orbit of Cardassia in What You Leave Behind. The Dekrai-type Vulcan ship can also be seen docked at the station with its warp ring in a horizontal position. This is the first and only time we've seen this ship of this configuration in this episode. This is the last episode of the original direction of the series occurring just before the Zindi attack on Earth. So this is just before the end of Season 2, uh, as depicted in The Expanse. The premise of Enterprise being a ship of exploration was scrapped in favor of the year-long Zindi arc for Season 3 and the uh, usually short arcs that were used later on uh, in the original series Enterprise's fourth season. Captain Archer uh, ejects in an escape pod off the Klingon vessel, although T'Pol claimed that the Klingon vessels did not have escape dogs. She mentioned that in the episode, uh, which I've covered before, Sleeping Dogs. A Klingon stunt button panel from this episode was sold off on the It's a Wrap uh, auction that they did uh, on eBay a while back. So, um... Yeah, that's that's the kind of the episode. You get a, a brief look at it. Uh, I could give you a couple other things. The there's some quotes here that they list on Memory Alpha. Uh, I'm hungry. Our meals will be here soon. I wasn't referring to food. To Paul tells Flocks. <laughs> here here's a. Here's a little sequence of what Phlox tells to Paul. Your endorphin and hormonal levels are dangerously high. You don't understand. I'm not ill. These are hardly normal readings. They're normal for a Vulcan in my condition, she says. Um, that's about it, I think, uh, on the, from memory alpha at least. Uh, I think I wanted to also mention the, the guest stars. Jordan Lund plays Sklar. It's Robert O'Reilly, excuse me, as Kago Dar, the Klingon. And Edo Ross is Gavin, Gavrin, sorry, in this episode. Uh, we also have Captain Goroth, Michael Garvey plays him, and uh, another Klingon is Louis Ortiz. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry again that this we're going through this one kind of briefly. I, I again apologize. I've probably done that too much, but uh, that's about it for the look at the Enterprise episode Bounty. I am going to now just let a little bit more music play and then we'll come back we're going to talk about a little bit more what's coming up on treks and sci-fi over the next few weeks and then i'm going to just wrap up today's show it's going to be a quick one What uh, what's coming up on the rest of the month of June and a little into July on this uh, on the on this podcast on <laughs> Treks and Sci-Fi? Okay, next week you're gonna have something really cool. We're gonna have Rick Moyer and Jen from the Anomaly blah, 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 <laughs> from Anomaly podcast. They're gonna talk to you all about the 1979 pilot to Buck Rogers in the 25th century with Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray and Tweaky, Tweaky, you know, I love doing that. 
Uh, they're going to be here to talk about that next week. On the 16th of June, in two weeks, I am going to do another Trek music uh, episode. I've done a couple of those in the past. I'm going to focus a lot on uh, the the music from the last two Star Trek movies and a few other things. I'm also going to re- look at and review the TOS uh, massive, great uh, La La Land, TOS, all the music from the original series Trek set that I got uh, a couple months back. So that's coming up. Music of Trek uh, on June 16th. On the 23rd of June, I'm going to be back on that week uh, with uh, Chris, and we're going to cover uh, superheroes in film, some of the classic films with superheroes, things like the original Superman, but a lot more on some of the more modern superhero movies like Avengers, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and a little bit on also the new Man of Steel movie we're going to cover then because that'll been out about a week at that point. On June 30th, I'll be back with a real Trek episode look at DS9's episode Indiscretion. On July 7th, uh, I am going to be here along with Chris and Chuck, who guest hosted a while back. We're going to look at uh, Conan, especially the uh, original Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Conan, and a little bit on the other things, like some of the, a little bit on the books, I think, uh, maybe a little bit more on the other Conan films as well. But I think we're going to focus a a lot on the Arnold film uh, from back in the 80s. And then on July 14th, you're going to get another cool flashback-type episode looking at a blast from the past. Mark will be back, M5 on the forums. And he's going to look at the classic movie uh, way back from, I think this is from the 50s, if I remember right. This is called The Terror from Beyond Space. I love it when Mark looks at those because those those movies always bring back a lot of fond memories for me and growing up watching that stuff when you didn't have so many blockbuster movies coming out every five minutes to see uh, in sci-fi and fantasy. You didn't have Netflix. You could just pop on and watch whatever you felt like. I mean, it just... Those those movies on the weekends and, and sometimes during the week uh, uh, in, in the afternoons when I get home from school, those movies really kept me, uh, you know, my geek alive and, and Trek reruns, of course, it, way back in those days, uh, you know, back before, like I said, we've got so much now, to, so much content to consume, it's, it's really too much sometimes, so... Okay, guys, that's about it. I'm going to wrap this up. Again, I, I hope this was an enjoyable, brief sort of, uh, we'll call it the... You know when you can play Monopoly and there's that way you can play the short game of Monopoly where you deal out some of the properties ahead of time? We're going to call this the sort of short version of Treks and Sci-Fi, the Cliff Notes version. But I, I think it was fun. Maybe we'll do this now and then when I get short on time, you know, as this job and other things uh, continue to uh, make my life, uh, you know, you never have enough time, basically. There's never enough time in the in the world or in the day, so... Uh, it's, uh, you know, sometimes I wish I, I've said before, I wish I didn't have to sleep, you know, boy, just think if you you could get back like seven or eight hours every day and do other stuff. But okay, guys, uh, I'm out of here. Uh, everyone have a great week. Uh, again, please uh, check out the Facebook page, check out the forum. If you're not a member of the forum and you want to get to be a member, uh, you'll have to send me an email, treksf at gmail.com. And uh, that should do it. Okay, I'm out of here. Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. And remember, next week, Buck Rogers with uh, Rick and Jen. So take care. Bye-bye.